Hello, and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode 106 for the week of February 8th, 2021. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about two song selections, the start of Sweden's Melfest, and our pick for Estonia's second Este Lal semifinal. How's it going, Mike? It's going all right. How are you doing, Ben? Uh, it's it's good. We are in the part of winter that I thought we'd already passed where it's just very cold outside. I lull myself into this false sense of security at the end of every January. I'm like, we did it, everyone. And then February happens and it's just, oh, right, there's all the snow and there's all of the cold. Yeah, it's good TV watching weather. And although, unfortunately, uh, Saturday, uh, there was some heavy news that came through that Urs Suklosi, who is the lead singer of Avies, the band that represented Hungary in 2018, uh, has died of leukemia. He was 29 years old. And yeah, just a real bummer because mm-hmm. Avies was such a delightful band and so great to have that metal presence at Eurovision and executed so well. Yes, and I feel like I didn't really appreciate it in 2018, but in the last couple of years it has really grown on me. So yeah, that, that is particularly sad to to have that news pop up. Our condolences to his friends, his family, uh, mm-hmm. the band. So the other major piece of news, so on Wednesday-ish, we finally had an announcement on the scenario because we'd had the the four scenarios for what Eurovision looks like. Plan A is off the table. We are not going to have a full live in-person Eurovision with everybody in the Ahoy. Yay. Which, yay. (laughs) Thank you. Like, I I was, like, I would just like to enjoy the the shows in May without also just worrying for everyone's health. And some, especially having just watched the Super Bowl, which had a bunch of like cardboard people in the stands, but still way too many live ones. They did release sort of revised versions of plans B, C, and D, which are still on the table. Plan B is still like having an audience, having the performers in Rotterdam. Some of them might be remote. They don't know that yet, but it's a a little bit more robust than the original plan B. Plan C is still incorporating an audience, but pretty much expecting it to be a fully remote performance event and then d is just like nope everybody's remote uh, audience stay home that sort of thing it sounds like the goal is to have all of the performers in rotterdam and then adjust the audience and, size the, and, then, and then sort of figuring out like what slider between zero and the safe number they can just <laughs> we will we will have more news on exactly how many folding chairs the ahoy will be putting down by about mid-april and then as far as tickets go, PayLogic is in the process of refunding everybody. I think they're sending out codes when we actually know how many tickets to enable another lottery. My understanding from the Ticket Info website, and we'll have all of this linked in the show notes, everybody who had tickets for 2020, they're getting refunded uh, regardless. Uh, and then if an audience is available, people who held tickets will get emailed a code so that they can go and try to repurchase their tickets. Again, it's going to be reduced capacity. So just because you had a ticket before, doesn't mean you'll necessarily be able to get it again. It kind of restarts that process. And if you did not have a ticket already, you're probably not going to get one unless you buy it secondhand off of somebody who was able to purchase a ticket. We're probably not going to get more information about that until end of march beginning of april by then 
it's really kind of rolling the dice just in terms of making travel plans because that is very short that's, turnaround that's real time, short turnaround so. time so yeah also on wednesday uh golden globe nominations came out and well first of all last week i said that there were no music categories uh, at the golden globes i was incorrect there is a best song category there is a best score category i'm not sure what list i was looking at uh, when i was putting together my notes last week that doesn't matter because Husevic did not get nominated for best song but one of the more relevant awards uh the critics choice award uh which kind of does feed into oscar season uh Husevic did get nominated uh for best song so the critics choice awards are march 7th so uh just a few weeks away and uh yeah we'll we'll see if Husevic starts making its push uh and the oscar nominations come out after the critics choice awards so maybe anything is possible anything is possible yes. it's been a so- <laughs> week like the golden globes are a weird set of awards picked by approximately 85 people on the other hand it's just been like a weird year for cinema so who knows i had completely forgotten the existence of the borat movie and it's like oh yeah that's going to be the weird european adjacent thing that golden globes are going to latch on to probably <laughs> so had i remembered that we probably would have cut last week's segment so <laughs> just like no 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 everyone borat Ukraine had the quickest vid beer internally. It went from the jury is going to listen to three songs to the jury has selected a song, and that song is Shum. What are your thoughts on this song? Just a second. I got to set up my Google alerts for Goa tickets US. Okay, cool. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was exactly what I needed. The way that this was announced was crazy because we had actually talked about Ukraine in last week's episode and I ended up cutting it because it was just like way too short of a squib. And it's like, oh yeah, there's a jury and they're going to pick a song. And it wasn't supposed to be announced until like March, but Shum was released on Spotify like earlier last week. I don't know if this just kind of forced the hand or if they realized because the jury was unanimous about picking this song. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can see why they were like, oh, Yes. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, and I feel like the video came out earlier this year, and mm. Goa was like, "No, no, 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 this isn't our entry." But everybody's like, "Okay, but like we like this." Yeah. So I, I wonder if it's a case where it's like, "Well, let's just throw it into the mix with everything else we're submitting," and the jury was like, "No, no, 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 this is fantastic. We're we're sending this." Oh, it's everything that I love about their sound, like the sort of stuff that uh, Nuka, who I talked about a lot on this show like what they're doing and i think back to the eurovision home concert and the way that they did the cover of uh, dancing lasha tumbai and like really tapping into the sense of humor of that and i think that's present in the video where it's just kind of playing along with like i don't know there there was a point where it's like oh man are they gonna go like full rhythm nation right now because i am here for that and they don't they just do that like side to side shoulder they, they just step do like back, the precise level thing. of dancing I can do with the song and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. Like they know just how much of this is just going to be people rocking out. Like, uh, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I am very excited about the, this. Track. <laughs> the video is perfect for the song. Please bring the same energy to like whatever tape performance they need to do. Of just like put everybody in the boiler suits with the with the with the face shield. Just give me just give me that that vibe. I have spent far too much time 
trying to figure out how they're going to cut this down to three minutes. It's paced so well. It has like the active moments and then the builds. And I don't want them to trim those too much because the structure is so good. And like it reminds me there is a, a short form improv game where you do a scene for like two minutes and then you stop mm -hmm. and then you're told to do the same scene in one minute. You have to very quickly find the major mm. beats of that scene, communicate them all again. And then you have to do that in like 30 seconds, 15 seconds, five seconds. And that's okay. what it feels like this song does. It's like, do the song. Okay, now do the song, but faster. Right. Okay, now do the song, but faster. And we're all thrashing and we're all in the mosh pit. And it's great. Really? I think that approach might end up working for us. I, I, I do think that they would be able to cut this down in a way that's not going to... Like, Italy and France have run into this problem in the last few years where they have, like, a four-minute song. It's like, oh, you got to compress it, and you just end up losing so much of this. Like, um, Occidentalis Karma, mm -hmm. I, I think, is a great example of losing the momentum because they just cut out the second verse. But since the actual lyrical content of this is somewhat repetitive, I think it's going to be easier to pull that out. And you just have to kind of maintain the structure of the builds of the music break uh to make sure that the song still maintains its impact but yeah I, I i trust them on this process i'm very eager to hear what the three minute version of this is like yes and then the minute and a half version and then the 45 second version and then <laughs> <laughs> just reduce it to a fine gel and <laughs> just inject it in my veins mm-hmm also announced uh, over the weekend, uh, Germany has selected Gendrik as their representative. He is a youth. Oh, uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just when I first watched the video, I was like, oh, no, Germany saw Dothi Freire, but realized that Dothi Freire, despite living in Germany, belongs to Iceland. So we need something mm. like that. It felt like sort of the deal where, like, you order the thing from Wish and then it arrives and it's very different. I kept watching more of the TikToks that this person has produced. And he's making a lot of TikToks right now about this entire behind-the-scenes process for this song. And, like, he's very good at the content. He's essentially his own social media manager. And he's making great, engaging content. And it's like, oh, we're just in the middle of a paradigm shift and I'm the old person now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really looking forward to embracing my mortality with this, but I don't know. Maybe that's the theme of the song. There is a ukulele. I don't know how those two are related, but um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that is going to be a big part of it. It's like, I'm not on TikTok yet. And this might be the thing that kind of forces me to do that, particularly as there are more dance challenges from Dothi and the Roop, which we will get into. Um, and all of that. So, uh, yeah, he's just, he's very energetic. And, and like, when I say that he's young, like, I, uh, yeah, like he, he just has a lot of energy and I was just tired when I first saw the video. <laughs> so. Well, and like, I, I do want to give him like a fair shake and actually hear the song first. Cause like Germany did like its own internal jury thing again. And apparently he wowed that jury. So mm -hmm. like, I feel like they would not be putting all of their backing behind this guy if, if he didn't have something showcase worthy. So we'll see. We'll find out what that song is on February 25th. Let's talk about the big event this weekend. Lithuania, let's talk about the final of Pabandum is now yo. Mm -hmm. That was delightful. Yes. Not unexpected in the sense that, like, I think everybody knew that the group was going to win. I don't think anybody really could conceive of how much they were going to win by. <laughs> Essentially 86.5% of the, of the televote. Oof. 
Yeah, last week I had said that the Roop was probably going to drop a train on the competition, but like they didn't need to murder them that hard. It was just so lopsided. Like they had, they got seventy four thousand five hundred votes from the public. Second place, uh, Gabarasi, was like sixty five hundred. Like it, it was not a five figure number. No, no. Like- <laughs> and uh, I was like, I need to do some quick math. And fortunately, the good folks who maintained the uh, Lithuania Wikipedia page uh, kept track of all of the televotes from the entire series, and the entire rest of the field, including the five contestants in Saturday's final collectively had 31,000 votes. So the group more than <laughs> doubled that. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. We, we, I was not incorrect when I said that, like, everybody in Lithuania was just waiting for the group to be up for voting. But yeah, just mm. oof. And interviews afterwards, even they were saying, it's like, well, like, like I think they were trying to be modest about, like, yeah, we weren't expecting to win. But, like, I don't think they, even they were expecting to win by such a ridiculous, ridiculous margin by, and by really that level. good for them like yeah. i mean like I, I think it was the strongest song of of this year's field yes just like hands down yes even though all the other acts kind of kind of got the shaft in and just how this was set up uh lithuania has like a very strong bench of talent to pull from i would not hate seeing a version of babandum is now that's just like all of their interval acts from this year because those have been thoroughly fantastic I completely agree. Uh, this week we had Sisters on Wire, and that was just a real fun mood to be in. Would I love to see them competing? Yes. On the other hand, I'm not sure how, like, what they're doing, I'm not sure translates to a Eurovision stage. But who knows? If if we're in Vilnius in 2022, send someone from the home team like that. When you're the interval act, you're not under the same sort of constraints. It's like, your song needs to be three minutes. It needs to hit all of these criteria. It needs to, like, have a performance that people will vote for like that sort of thing like you don't have to worry about that but i think these acts demonstrated that they could probably throw something together that would uh check all of those boxes yes i would like to see what that would look like Mm -hmm. (laughs) also happening on saturday was the debut of sweden's melody festival and uh this is the 61st edition i believe Mm -hmm. and yeah uh heat one this is a really different vibe. Like, yes. It, it is kind of strange, like, not having the audience there and the studio just feeling so studio-ish. Yes. On the, like, on the yeah. other hand, uh, Christian Bjorkman seems super thrilled to be hosting. He's having a great time. Uh, his co-host this week was delightful. The comedy bits were surprisingly good. Like, I feel like that bit of melfest and eurovision doesn't always translate i don't know swedish but i got what the bit was in all of them and they were all very well done it was interesting to see the performances sort of play out uh in maybe maybe not the most expected ways like i, I think of uh Kariatu, uh who opened the show with one touch and man what a thankless task that, oh, that, that is truly oh. had like the most difficult job of like starting the first heat in a format that Melfis is not usually in. I get the sense that it is probably a very micromanaged process, but like in this environment, like that's just multiplied and it wasn't a great performance no. of the song. Like the, the, the vocals were not there, but it's like, oh, I think you're just having a bad day. Like I, I, I'm sure like if you got a redo, like it would have been so much better. And yeah, unfortunately, the process does not allow for that. Uh, nope. Yeah, like least... that, that was a little disappointing because I had listened to the studio version of that one 
mm-hmm. afterwards and be like, oh, this is why people were excited about this one because it's, it's a great vibe, borderline trancey. Yeah. But like, yeah, that that performance and that particularly that vocal performance just was a little bit under where you would want it to be to really pop. One of the things that I found interesting about it was just how the backing vocals were being used. It's like, ooh, with that backing vocals rule, it's going to put the Swedish machine into overdrive. Mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the next few weeks are going to be kind of intense, I think, in terms of like the power of the pop coming out of Stockholm. The acts that are direct to final in this heat are uh, Danny Saucedo and Arvin Garna. Uh, and this is the first time that two songs that are in Swedish have advanced uh, directly to the final since 2007. I liked both of the songs that went through. Like, of of the seven we had, I thought that the two that went direct to final made sense. Yeah, I'm not surprised that they're they're the two. Like, they... they... It's kind of my issue with Melfest. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like there is, like... A definite formula to everything about the process. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, like there is, which is why it works. This, but, which is why uh, it works, yeah. but it also means that, like, if you watch too many of them in a row, you're like, oh, I see all the patterns now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arvin yeah, Garner's performance, uh, like those guys are professionals. That was a very cleanly done performance. Not surprised that that went through. Yeah. Uh, Danny Saucedo's performance. If we were somehow walking into like a full live Eurovision in a couple months, I would maybe be irritated about uh, Danny Saucedo's cardboard virtual insanity setup oh yeah that like would be the worst possible thing that they could do that would that would like that would be awful for the people watching the arena but as long as that's off the table i'm weirdly fine with it and like that was a lot of fun yeah the uh two acts that uh are heading to andre shonson are uh paul ray and uh lily's sister sure like Uh, yeah i i did not care for lily's sister's performance at all i like noped like two lines into it okay so. um since you, we are going to have to hear it again in a few weeks i'm going to give you a fedex error to pay attention to uh when the chorus hits you can like the first thing that came to my brain was avril levine's complicated and i couldn't oh, stop no. hearing it so mm. so there you go you're welcome um and then uh paul ray's song this year i do not care for it the performance mm-hmm. is exactly what you'd expect for a song called the missing piece there's a production designer that's very excited about how that all works and I'm happy for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, eh, yeah, it's these results aren't completely unexpected, uh, as well as the fact that all three women did not advance. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I, w- um, I, I would like Sweden to name a woman, but admittedly, I feel like one touch had a bad day and the other mm-hmm. two songs were not great. We'll let you off with a warning this time, Sweden, but we are paying attention. So, uh, yeah. I, I don't know how to follow that up. Yeah, that's what, oh. that's what I, say. Well, <laughs> I trust that in the next three weeks we will we will name several women. But if not Sweden, <laughs> so help me. What would happen if they didn't? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the the uh, we, we, Twitter we, would Twitter would explode. Oh goodness! Eurovision Twitter would explode. Like looking ahead to next week's slate, be like, well, what what are the chances here? So we've got uh, Anton Ewald, uh, who is a dancer and choreographer. Uh, he's competed in Melfest uh, in 2013, where he finished fourth, and in 2014, uh, finishing tenth. Uh, Julia Alfreda, uh, who won the P4 NASTA wildcard. Uh, P4 NASTA is a competition that happens over the summer. And yeah, one of the participants of that will get uh, an entry into Melfest. So uh, Julia is the winner of that. 
Wall uh, featuring Sami. Uh, they are both rappers. Uh, they're in separate groups. Uh, so this is a kind of new collaboration. And the interesting thing about this one is it will be the 1,000th entry to compete at Melfest. Oh, that's so, fun. Yeah. Frida Green uh, was a finalist on Sweden's Got Talent in 2018. Uh, Eva Reidberg and Ewa Roos, uh, they are mutual musical theater actresses. Patrick Jean is a songwriter and producer who worked on uh, last year's entry, Move. So, uh, yeah, moving in front of the mic this time. And then, uh, oh, Daughter. Daughter will, daughter will, daughter daughter. will get through. Come yeah. on. We loved, yeah. we loved she, she was the runner last year. Yeah, yeah. She was the runner-up. Uh, yeah. And if she doesn't get through, uh, Twitter will riot. So... <laughs> So with with the fun competitions to talk about out of the way, let's talk about Norway. It's I don't know. It, it was fine. Like I, and like I think my my experience was improved this week by going in completely blind on the acts. Other like mm. I I remember seeing their names but did not actually listen to any of the songs beforehand. So it was a fun surprise. Like I said, I pretty much noped out of this. So mm-hmm. like I I skimmed this as much as I could skim and like, kind of let Twitter tell me what I should be watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to Royanne in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to Royanne. So- <laughs> yeah, we'll get to we'll get to Royanne. Uh, but so the first lineup was between Marianne Pentha and Mikkel Gope singing Pages versus Landa Vayans Helter, which if you told me that they were the result of like a summer one week rock camp for dads, I would believe you. Because they all had that vibe, and so two of them felt like they were dressed up like like aging rock band, and the other two felt like fans that showed up to the meet and greet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like everybody needs to be on the same group text about what our outfit for for Melody Grand Prix is going to be. You can't just show up in a t shirt and jeans. Yeah, that has been a real problem this year. Like, there is not any sort of cohesion mm-hmm. in terms of group wardrobe, and just like that is one of the easiest things to address. I'm, ju- I'm just thinking. Of, I'm just thinking about the the auto qualifier group from a few weeks ago, where three of them were clearly on the group text, and the fourth one rolled up in whatever he wanted. Come on, y'all! Everybody wear black. Like, if, 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 we're, if we're if we're then, if we're yeah. doing black and white as a theme, everyone needs to wear black and white. Mm-hmm. Not, not gray not not bright green socks just anyways of that pairing pages went through and pages i i don't know i was gonna try and say something nice but then i was but i've been raised right so i'm just gonna be quiet um it's a song for it, it is a song that was process, that so. was approximately three minutes in length and oh i did well i did like that they were that they featured that it was that it was uh sammy people's day yes heritage although, day, but also uh, uh <laughs> also uh, yeah that 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 was not a guarantee for getting all the way through unfortunately mm-hmm. so that ended up turning into a bit of a weird look but yeah um, yeah uh, like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh matchup two was kim versus Ryan. i wish that those two performances had maybe not had not been against each other in the first round because i had i have a hunch they would have been against one another in the gold final yeah i would agree with that kim's performance i thought the staging for that one was good and really like the song itself showcases his voice well yeah i mean it's it's really not my kind of song and i think part of that is because it really felt like an arcade clone mm-hmm. um, i did oh, i did think i hadn't thought of that i was thinking about uh silent storm from a few years ago from norway mm, yeah which is also a song that i'm just kind of about okay (laughs) so but but yeah i mean i I did like the staging concept of like 
using the strings and it felt like it was kind of borrowing from the dream team's uh like clear box of emotion uh that <laughs> they often deploy they do like, like oh, a no, clear this, box this, of emotion yeah but this this one is more harp based and it's like all right i can get uh behind that mm-hmm. so i didn't actively dislike this song and it's just kind of like eh, it's not really for me but i i could see this one doing well mm-hmm. uh and then let's talk about ryan that was a lot of staging for that song yeah yeah and that was another one where like the audio it felt like the backing track was doing a lot of heavy lifting it was doing so much of the lifting yeah yeah and it's just like i just don't i don't get circus as a motif like just just like look over here at the man doing it putting an ankle grinder on a belt buckle and making sparks yeah (laughs) and and don't pay attention to the song or the fact that we have seven people on stage yeah that that was that was a good thing on twitter because uh like lithuania was my uh main screen i had sweden on my second screen because that one was very like it was timed out nicely so i could switch back and forth and not really miss anything on either show and then went back to norway later but on twitter somebody's just like oh for the people watching norway right now and it was just a screen grab of the guy with the grinder and sparks just flying out from like his crotch Mm -hmm. area and it's like hmm okay mental note for later (laughs) Anyways, Kim was the victor there. Then we had Otley Peterson performing World on Fire, which I do not remember. I do remember that. Well, there was a song. It did happen. He had a mic stand. The one thing that I remember, there was no fire. I I think it's like in the Eurovision bylaws that if you have fire or fire adjacent like lyrics or song titles... There should be there should be pyro on the stage. I'm mad at myself for not catching that. Uh, But yeah, like it it was a pretty forgettable song. He had an interesting suit on. Mm -hmm. So there was that. But yeah, there there were no pyrotechnics. And it's like, come on, man. Like, it's right there. It's right there. It's a studio. It's you and the three hosts. Get some pyro Mm -hmm. on the stage. Yeah. And we know that they have it. Like they've used it in just we know. We we know that you have it, Norway. Come on. I'm going to do what i did this week and go in blind on the songs but i was taking a look at a photo of the four acts performing and looking at the names of these acts i could not tell you which one goes with which Mm -hmm. which which that's that's just gonna be a fun surprise for me on saturday also like trying to find any information about uh this week's contestants was very difficult uh so this week it's uh ann finn uh who like i could find her facebook bio and uh she loves to play with the r&b 90s and funk feeling okay okay Uh, that actually does sound like that would be kind of in my wheelhouse so Mm -hmm. i'm curious yeah like that that intrigues me there's uh two vea who are rappers and farmers uh john deere is a significant part of their aesthetic um so okay like that that's interesting they, like they seem they seem to be kind of like internet sensation type things but like i could not find anything on the internet so i don't know how that worked but uh yeah they, they've been performing for a few years uh there's america who has zero info like i found her instagram and her facebook that have all been established like within the last six months and all it says in her bio is hi how are you two question marks so yeah no information about her uh and then a duo named river they are signed by universal music group river is a very tough term to do any google searching on and uh river norway also not fruitful also bad searches so (laughs) i'm just picturing google did you mean fjord (laughs) uh but uh the one person that we do know uh 
that will be uh, performing on Saturday, not competing, uh, is Rain Alexander. Uh, he will be doing his auto-qualifying entry, Eyes Wide Open, uh, which is co-written by Moreland, which, uh, Ben, you told me about that uh, right before we started recording. So that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like, it'll be nice to see him again. I was already excited to see Rain Alexander again because, feel again, he's going to bring the drama. That was a fun mm-hmm. performance last year. Uh, but then when I saw it was co-written by Moreland, I was like, ooh, that's a fun combo. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the Sturm and the Drong, it should be, it, well, I was going to say it should be fun, but that that seems like that, the that, wrong that vibe. It doesn't but... seem like their vibe, but I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for it. And as I said, when we were looking at the promo photos when the first full lineup was revealed, the closest thing that Rain Alexander looked like to me was like the Penguin from, Bat- okay. from, from Batman. <laughs> like, it, that's not enough Norway. Second chance is next Monday. Mm, yes, it is. Uh... <laughs> I, will, so... I will be Googling the results yeah yeah it'll be three of the people from uh this saturday's heat plus the other 12 that have not yet qualified uh for the final so we're almost through this process yay (laughs) let's see other things coming up denmark has eight competing songs which are going to be announced this wednesday the final for that will be march 6th with a live orchestra maybe it'll be like an snl scenario Have have you been watching snl since january mike I have not. Okay. Have, have they changed up how they've been doing the music? Yeah, or? with the particularly with the band in studio, they have some people on stage where they normally are, and they have like the little protective plexiglass things around them. But for mm-hmm. things like the saxophone, for like some of the drum kits, some of those other things, they actually spread out over into the Tonight Show studio, and where they each have their own. They have like a TV monitor, and they have their their nice little protective box. So. Oh. Like, as long as you're not having an audience, they can, like, they can spread that orchestra out. Also on Wednesday, voting opens for Spain's entry. Uh, we have two options for Blas Canto, uh, Memoria and Voya que Darme. Yes, and the cool thing about the voting for this is it's open to everybody, like, including an international audience. So I wonder if they're kind of adopting the Czech Republic model for uh how they're doing the selection yeah details are kind of dripping slowly on this but it'll be nice to have a couple more songs to add to the playlists i'm glad that you described that as the czech republic model because otherwise i would have described it as the san marino model oh yeah i guess it's going to be a hybrid of the two uh, with the way that san marino did it last year heading to the balkans uh slovenia and serbia are changing up how they are making their selections uh in slovenia originally they were going to do a sort of a bridged version of emma uh have a handful of songs for anna soklich to perform and then the audience was going to vote on that uh they've decided to scrap that uh they have made their song selection and are instead turning emma into a song presentation show it's kind of a big deal like this is going to be the first time that slovenia hasn't had any sort of public input in the song selection so hopefully this one's a banger and it sounds like they think it might be like the songwriter uh they haven't identified who the songwriter is yet uh, other than to say that it's someone who has written a previous uh eurovision winner and has worked with miley cyrus so i don't know what to yeah, well, yeah like i feel <laughs> like those don't those surprisingly don't narrow the field right right so uh, yeah, we will find out that uh, later in the month. And then uh, Serbia, when Hurricane was announced as the artist, uh, they indicated that there was going to be more information about the like national final. 
they're not going to do a national final. Uh, in fact, they might be dropping the song sometime in the near future, possibly. Like, they said in the coming days, which, of course, could mean any time between now and middle of March. But I don't know. That particular phrasing makes it sound like they could be dropping it sometime this week. So just much like a hurricane, it could come with limited warning and we should prepare ourselves. Yes. Yes. So um, get hype. Get hype, Yay. board up the windows, um, <laughs> stock up on bottled water. Yes, yes. And uh, and really, please drop it earlier rather than later. We don't need like 30 songs to drop on March 12th. <laughs> just everybody right now is just going, how about March? Later this week on Thursday, RuPaul's Drag Race UK is going to have a Eurovision-based challenge. Uh, it's called the Vision Song Contest uh, with guest judge Emanike. Uh, ben, I think you've said on the show that you think that Emanike should go to Eurovision. The UK point, should right? send, like, maybe not this year, just while every well, like, basically Europe needs to, like, cool down a little bit on the UK, and that's going to take some time. But, like, whenever they want to send Emanike with, like, a fun sort of like Gina G-esque dancey mm. thing. I'm here for it. Yes. So I have a theory that we are going to get some sort of UK announcement on Thursday uh, to tie in with this episode. Because uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is on BBC. I think it's on BBC Three. And this just seems like the perfect opportunity for them to drop some sort of Eurovision news. Um, Agreed. And the thing... Yeah, and the thing that's interesting about this episode, so they had to stop filming the series because of lockdowns, uh, and this is the first post-lockdown episode to be produced. Oh. So, yeah, like, I I think this was filmed in, uh, it was either October or November, so fairly recently, like, after Eurovision season for this year began, and yeah, like, I'm thinking, like, it could be an announcement that... Whoever wins the challenge could end up going to Eurovision. It could be Emanike. It could be Michelle Visage who ends up going to Eurovision for the UK. But I I would not be surprised if there is some sort of announcement coming out on Thursday. There, there's been like no indication that that is definitely the case. But uh, I, I just want to put it out there right now. Maybe, maybe throwing vibes to the universe because we've heard nothing from the UK. Just gonna than, just gonna post yeah, a picture. Just gonna post this on my vision board and think real hard thoughts of it. Yeah, and uh, you can watch that stateside through the World of Wonder app. Good to know. Send M&E-K the UK. Y- yes. <laughs> and then Dora is on Saturday. I, I, I had somehow thought that was like a week from now, but no, it's here. It's now. And the snippets are out now. Yeah, there are 14 contestants competing, and there won't be an audience. Like it, It's pretty much adopting the same format as all of the other national finals, so... Uh, just something to look forward to. And I kind of like that there's not really any super Saturdays in February. Like there there are multiple shows on, but it's not like there are seven things on mm-hmm. all at the same time. So uh, yeah, this one should fit in nicely, kind of snuggled between uh, Sweden and Norway. Mm-hmm. So just, it's, um, it's just like a reasonable yeah. amount of television. Yes. Yes. Something that you can definitely knock out uh, in an afternoon. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Last week we talked about Estonia semifinal one. Let's talk about Estonia semifinal two, Mike. Yes. So last week I was commenting on just sort of the wealth of options that Estonia has in their first semifinal. I'd say the same is the case for semifinal two. They have so many different styles going on. Yeah, really? 
I think this particular semifinal may be the strongest field. It, it's definitely going to be in the top three of strongest fields of any individual day of competition, I think. Like, I, I think all 12 of these entries are have a lot more pros than cons, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> the format we've been adopting this season is to pick our two favorites for each of these these semifinals. So, Mike, what is your first pick? My first pick is Lost in a Dance by Grandma Fun. first time that i heard this track i was just like all right this is immediately going into like my favorites playlist like this this is just so in my wheelhouse and i know that i said previously that i'm not a fan of the this nouveau 80s aesthetic that's going on right now i don't think this song is part of that scene like this it sounds like something that could have existed like when i was in college like 15 years ago it could have been I could hear Kelly Clarkson covering this song, like really at any point in her career, but probably more like 2008, 2009-ish Kelly Clarkson. Okay. And it's got such a great hook. The instrumentation is great. Like it, it is just a beautifully constructed pop song. And yeah, like I am absolutely in love with this track. I hadn't thought of the Kelly Clarkson aspect to it, but I totally hear that now. Mm-hmm. I, I had mostly picked up on like the... Like, this felt very on trend because it does have sort of the 80s thing going for it. But I agree with you that it feels like it is, it's doing more with that toolkit rather than just sort of applying it to whatever. And I'm just thinking of Rayleigh. Yes. Yeah. Like, I I think that this track is, you can tell that the band is influenced by the 80s, but it's not like a producer coming in being like, oh, we got to make this sound 80s. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, this is like actually. This is, this is what they do. This feels organic. Yeah. This this is what we do. This is this is the specific area of synth pop that we are interested in playing with. Yes, this this is artisanal eighties, not mm-hmm. that like plastic stuff that you buy at Target. So. <laughs> <laughs> what song was first on your list? The two songs I ended up picking, both of them, I'm not sure how they would fare on a Eurovision stage, but they're just great vibes. And apparently mm-hmm. that's why I'm in it for this year, is just like good vibes. Yeah. So Heleza's six is is my first choice. fun three minutes to, to spend some time in it maybe skews a little bit t- towards sort of that kind of h&m sort of shopping music genre of things but it's well yeah. done it's one where i really want to see what the stage performance looks like because i feel like it could be either be something dynamic or it could just be well Pelez is there on the stage singing the song i'm worried if they lean into the french part of it that it could be like styling her to be like a chanteuse or something and like i don't think that's I don't think that's going to work, but if it could be something, oh, that song from the finish final last year that also had kind of that trancey Yeah, Love Review. Thank you. Yes, Love Review. And I think if they could just 
do some really cool lighting effects. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is something where the staging could elevate it, but the styling could complicate it, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah, but I'm I'm like you, I'm very curious to see how this ends up looking. Yeah, like at, that at, that, at that is my only show. hesitation with it is like I'm like, okay, but like what is the performance of this song? look like and how can you do that in a dynamic way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what was what was your second choice well let's talk about uku and and not no not not that uku we should talk about him later though um uku hazma and his song chaos Another one where I'm just like, I don't know if Eurovision has room for like this sort of spacey rock vibe, but this is a very good spacey rock vibe. This is another one that I feel like I would hear on college radio mm-hmm. like back back in the day, and just good music to have on the back in the background mm-hmm. like when you're trying to get some work done. Like, yeah, like I, it reminded me of Coldplay's like first two albums before they they went a little bit too pop, where it, it just has like a very like some very good soaring moments. Yes. Where it just sort of opens up. Similar to, we were talking last week about Kiss Me, where if if their venue is kind of open or if it's just like a very empty studio, just giving that space to kind of breathe could be just really beautiful. You know, I'm thinking back to a couple of years ago when Romania was going to try to... I don't recall if they ever, if they did actually end up doing this, but like one of their semifinals was going to be in like a cave. And now I'm kind of wishing that Estonia would do that because I think a number of these songs would sound really cool in a like a an acoustic space that is an actual cave <laughs> with the sound bouncing off of those walls. But I, I really like the vibe of this song. Europe hold an Eurovision semifinal in a cave challenge. Is it too late to move from the Rotterdam Ahoy? Um, anyway, <laughs> my second pick is kind of the opposite of all of this. And I'm, I need to be careful because I don't think that my second pick is like my second favorite of the bunch. But I think if it wins, it's going to win Eurovision. And I will explain why. It's Heaven's Not That Far Tonight. the reaction to the group and our reactions to Ukraine's song, it, it seems like people really want a dance party for this year's Eurovision and just really want to cut loose. But another theme that I've been kind of encountering just talking with people of like what they really miss uh, in day-to-day life is karaoke. And this song, particularly like the way it's produced on the track and the way that I am suspecting it's going to be performed on the stage, this feels like the Cathy's in accounting having like half a bottle of wine at the office holiday party and just going to town on a Demi Lovato song in the like karaoke <laughs> machine set up in the corner. <laughs> and it's like, yes, I am absolutely here for that and if there is a song that can kind of encapsulate the i just want to dance and i just want to do karaoke vibe 
this is a song that is going to do that. And it's just going to allow everybody to just cut loose. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like uh. I just your description of that is is selling me on the song. Because like when I when I listened to it, I was like, OK, <laughs> I was looking forward to hearing your like what you were excited about with this. And now I'm just like, oh, yeah, I know I do. I do love that vibe, even though I even though I'm not a karaoke person of just somebody just completely going for it. I'm not a karaoke person either. And I, I have to wonder if you saw this like on our uh, notes page, just be like, what is Mike thinking about this? But it's just like the first time when this was presented, uh, wait, oh, was that back in December? When Whenever Estonia dropped their songs, uh, like my immediate reaction is just like, oh, this is somebody who like wanted to do karaoke, like Demi Lovato at karaoke. This is this is just a lot of fun to listen to. And it's a very silly song, but I think it's I think it is tapping into that just primal I just want to get out and party. And I just want to be out with friends doing a thing and having fun with yes, them. Yes, exactly. And yeah, so, and I think this song captures that essence beautifully. <laughs> that's a, that's a <laughs> as big As beautifully mood. as a song like this can. Yeah. So, that's a big 2021 Swinging for the mood. fences on this one. So, <laughs> so let's talk about Ukasvisi's entry. He should be scared. He should be very scared because yeah. I, I feel like there are multiple entries in both semifinals that are better than the lucky one. returns with him like i liked his entry uh was a pretty little liar uh a couple years back mm-hmm. like i thought i thought that was a very solid entry last year's entry it was the best i guess in a not so great field but this one i'm having a tough time determining is it not working because this kind of song just doesn't make sense for 2021 like nobody should be having a toward breakup right now mm-hmm. you know <laughs> or if this song just doesn't work like in general, like if this were something submitted in 2019, would we be like, what is this? It's just not clicking for me. I wasn't fully sold on his entry last year, but like you, I enjoyed Pretty Little Liar. I think part of what makes it so tricky is like it, it doesn't have the solid like verse chorus construct. And so there's not really a solid hook to hang on to with this one. And I can't imagine anybody singing along to it, which mm-hmm. I think... Like in normal Eurovision years, I I think that's kind of a soft requirement. I would really like him to not work with the dream team at some point because mm-hmm. I think that's also I think that's I think that is sort of the detriment here is like Ukasaviste with the dream team is not is maybe not the best fit time and time again or at least try something different. Like it it, it seems like they're trying to capture the same sort of like gen- general dream team magic of just like oh he's like another version of Sergey Lazarev and it's like well. In some ways, yes. In other ways, no. And I, th- I think there's more no in, in this year's entry. And I think he's kind of lucky that he had the fast pass. Although the selection committee seemed to be very bullish on this one. So I don't know. Maybe maybe, th- maybe there's something going on in Estonia that we're just not aware of uh, that this, this is going to hit with people. Mm-hmm. Estonia has such a wealth of choices this year. I'm excited to see what makes the cut. Yeah, those semifinals are coming up. Uh, next week uh, it'll be a week from thursday uh when the first semifinal happened there are more than 12 great songs in their field this year and there are going to be some hard cuts i think there are going to be some hard cuts 
Yeah, particularly the second semifinal. Like this is a very solid field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be tough. Good job, Estonia. Yeah, great job, yeah. Estonia. You got your groove back. And that's gonna do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Year What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith, that's me, and Mike McComb. That's me. You can subscribe to The Year What on the podcast app of your choice. When you subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing, and help other Eurovision fans find us. Show notes are in the description of this episode or on our website at eurowhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at Eurowhat on Twitter, or you can email eurowhatpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to try and make sense of what's new in Eurovision. 